Thank you for downloading this podcast from the Traverse Theatre Edinburgh. We now join the theatre's associate director and your host, Hamish Peary. Hello and welcome to the Travcast, which is our monthly writer's salon where I get the great opportunity to sit with a playwright and look into the whites of their eyes and learn about what makes them tick and why they write plays. This month, I'm really honoured to be sitting in front of Sabrina Mafus. Now, Sabrina burst onto the scene with That Boy at the Soho Theatre, for which she very quickly went on to win the Westminster Prize for Playwriting. Then Dry Ice in 2011 was on the underbelly that she performed in as well as wrote. She then became... The, the playwright, Bush Associate Playwright in 2012. One Hour Only was on at the old Vic, with the Old Vic New Voices, The Underbelly, last year, and that's where her relationship with the Traverse started. Sabrina, welcome. Thanks very much. Really brilliant to see you. You too. On your um, website, it says, playwright, performer and poet. Mm-hmm. I like the way that sounds, but my bank does not. <laughs> now, I also heard that you started out were almost training to be a civil servant. Now, your yeah. bank manager might have liked that a bit more. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to me about those amazing moments when you were there doing a, a diploma in inter- uh, a master's international diplomacy, and you went, oh, hang on, I want to be performing poetry and writing plays. Well, good research. Um... Yeah, I was. I did actually start training um, in the government um, graduate program, Fast Stream, which um, <coughs> takes people from university and gives them a five-year period in which to become a senior civil servant, which usually takes sort of fifteen, twenty years. So it's quite an intense um, training period. Um, and uh, I worked at the Ministry of Defence, and um, I, I wasn't. I wasn't massively keen to stay there, so I wanted to move departments um, to do something that I felt was uh, a little bit more in line with my worldview. But then um, to get top secret clearance, which is what you need to become a senior civil servant, you have to have um, developed vetting, which is a thing where they um, um, you know, give you this top secret clearance and make sure that you're not um, an enemy of the state. And then because I have an Egyptian uh, father and um, an Egyptian passport, um, that was part of the reason why I couldn't um, get that unless I gave up my Egyptian passport and I didn't want to do that and so then I thought I would take a break and see if I could do something else and I'd always liked writing so I tried to be a journalist um, it was really bad because I didn't write articles, I wrote poems basically but I just didn't know it until all the editors were like, um, it's a bit poetical so I thought, uh, I'll just write a poem then and, um, and that's what I did, I wrote a poem and I performed it and I was really drunk but it won this slam thing, and so um, I got really excited and just carried on doing it. And that was really where it all began. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that I could sort of really try and do something, uh, not be able to do it, and then just pick up something else and suddenly we could have a glittering <laughs> career within about three years. That's all right. <laughs> That's amazing. And what was, it, um, what was that first poem about? Um, It was about strip clubs because I'd worked in strip clubs throughout uni to pay my way through and um, 
also, I mean, I could have done something else to pay my way through, but I sort of liked it as well um, at the time. And then uh, I was a waitress, so I used to spend a lot of my time writing little scribbles of notes of metaphors of deepness on my on my tray and um i sort of kept them all and then some for some reason um the poem just came out a sort of amalgamation of these notes and other stuff and so yeah that was it and then i, I kept writing poems about strip clubs Conti- continuously um until i just decided right just do a whole show get it out of your system done so that's where dry ice came from um and so now i don't really write about strippers anymore <laughs> okay brilliant <laughs> but you performed in dry ice i did yeah um and what was the choice to make make you because that almost because you wanted to get out of your system so much that makes sense to me i need to get it out so if i do it then it's purged or yeah i think probably um that's a very good um psychoanalytic type of way to to look at it and it's definitely true um but I think I was more consciously thinking that because it's quite um poetry it's a poetry style it's my it's written in my performance poetry style and so I just wanted to um stay true to that I suppose and yeah um and so then have you written in a in a style that would you consider more straight playwriting for yourself or do you just want you to perform your own work do you just perform your poetry yeah, I just perform my poetry. I don't think I would... Um, I've done some readings for friends. <laughs> I'm really not good at um, doing um, normal normal acting. Um, I, I think there is a difference. I've never really been able to articulate what that difference is, but being um, performing poetry is different to performing um, sort of straight dramatic um, writing. So uh, I wouldn't do that myself, but I would. I would think about doing another poetry show, but... And I do performance poetry in small sets all the time. Cause it feels like um, something so much more direct, isn't there, about performing poetry? That's about you, isn't it? Whereas you're mm. not pretending to be anyone else. Yeah, yeah. Even though I did, there was a number of characters, and in the show, I was a, I was a character. I was never actually the poet, but even so, even playing the character, I don't think you go to the same depths characterization-wise as you probably do as an actor. It's more you're you're concentrating more on the delivery of of a rhythm and a language that's supposed to express that character rather than embodying that character in the same way that an actor might. I don't know. And then when you talk about that idea of that language and a rhythm mm. being in your sort of your more poetic work, but you do you keep that work you keep that poetry and sorry that language and that rhythm seems to be is kept in your straight to play work isn't it if you call clean in that direction that still very much has that doesn't it yeah definitely I think that's something that I just um realized I like writing like that I I like um I used to think that you had to keep them separate and then I realized that actually that's my style and I just want to explore it even more um I love when I write in that style sometimes you don't know where it's going and the rhythm of the word that you're looking for is actually what forwards the plot and that's so exciting because if you're just writing normally, that doesn't happen. But to just think of a word that makes the last word sound more emphatic or something, and then that word actually brings you a whole new plot twist that you weren't even expecting, is really, um, I like that feeling. Um, and it sort of spurs me on to write quickly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good practical. It sounds a bit like a stri- almost like a stream of consciousness because it's forcing you on. Yeah. 
That's like a much more romantic way to write rather than having to sit and work out work things out, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm not very good at planning, so yeah, I rhyme instead. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, who, who inspires you? Do you have people, particular people, especially before you you were sort of committed to becoming a writer? That you thought, and well, they might not be writers; they might just be. It could be a filmmaker, it could be a, one of your mates, or whoever that is that inspires you to to be creative and to work in the way that you do. Yeah, I think. Um, Nowadays, it's really, I'm really fortunate in that most of the people who inspire me are actually people that I work with. Um, most of my poet, fellow poets um, in the sort of London spoken word scene are generally um, my main sources of inspiration now, which is like a wonderful thing. But before I started writing, um, <coughs> then there was a... I went to the Royal Court and saw Debbie Tucker Green's Random and I hadn't seen a play for a few years and that's sort of what made me realise that um, there was something in theatre that spoke to me and that I would potentially be interested in being in it. So due to that and, and the fact that I really love her writing, she's probably a, um, been an influence in that way. And then um, Laura Dockrell, who's a who's now like a children's fiction writer, and but she was a, a poet and a, a fiction writer and an illustrator. And she's one of the first people that I saw performing poetry and I didn't realise that it was possible to be that and be young and be a girl and talk about things that don't really make that much sense but somehow are beautiful and amazing. And so, yeah, she's another one. And what does it feel like that moment when you see, when you think you can't do something, you've just sort of started to clear and then you realise you can. So A, with Debbie Ducky Green, with that play with Random, you felt like, oh, it's not for me theatre or I don't oh wow there's something in there mm. what is that and then you see uh, Laura there and you go oh what a girl can do that too I can do that too talk to me about what that make, what that feels like because I'm sure that there are many people that see your work or that hear, might hear you talk will have the same feeling I'd love to know what that, fe- what that feels like um, it's, it's quite emotional I sound like a complete weirdo but I think it makes me cry because um, I think there's such a lack of representation um, of anybody um, who's slightly different and that I mean not that women are different but there's just a lack of representation of them doing these things and so you don't necessarily see them on stage or on screen doing these really strong things as much as you've seen you're used to seeing sort of white men doing it <coughs> and so whilst I, I don't know it's kind of like sometimes I think you can't actually be something unless you see it in some form and that's I'm not sure if I totally believe that but I do think that w- once you see something and you're aware that it's there and it's possible your ability to aspire to do that just increases massively and um, that that sudden realization is quite overwhelming. Um, so, um, so yeah, basically, it feels like you're a bit of a loser and you want to cry. <laughs> <laughs> but then you start to feel part of something yeah. because you realize it can happen elsewhere. Yeah. So, as a writer, then, do you f- do you see that you have a role almost in society or politically? To yeah, you know, what do you what do you think the role of a writer is? Especially you just sort of identified that with seeing the idea of representation being so important. Mm, yeah, well, it's quite difficult. Like this morning, I was um, at breakfast and I was reading the newspaper, and it was so depressing. And there's all these things about um, today, particularly, was about the levels of poverty in the next two years for children due to all the things that have been implemented by the 
government and um it just makes me think oh i should be doing i need to everything has to have a political statement in it um but i think generally you can just only write what the story that you feel needs to come out at that time otherwise it won't be a truthful story but um i definitely consciously um am very aware of the characters that i would put on stage um and i feel a great responsibility that those characters need to be strong female characters um and they need to represent all the different ethnicities and backgrounds and heritage that we have in the UK, um, if, if it's based in the UK. Um, because that's just been, it, it's there, but it's not there enough. Especially in theatre. Especially in theatre. I mean, it's still, I read the other day, there's still um, a ratio of two to one um, male to female characters on stage in the UK. Um, which is quite shocking and it's still only 17% of plays that are put on in the UK are written by women and obviously if a play is written by a woman then it doesn't always mean that there's women in it but it's more likely that the female character may have a slightly larger role to play and that's not always true but I think you know 17% is just not it's not a good figure it needs to be more and so um, so yeah um yeah what, what what are you planning next um i am doing a play for young people for the national theater um about the um, free speech in egypt inspired by the recent sort of uprisings there um and i am developing something with the bush and i am writing a book and rewriting a book and writing a book and rewriting a book um, and um, it's a poetry collection and um, lots of spoken word based things um, yeah and I'm sure there's a lot of other stuff but already then also because there's such a variety of you, so many streams to your work about the way that you, the, the playwriting the poetry and then and then the fact that you're, you're writing novels as well what um, does that make it does it make it harder to know where to go next or does, it almost, or does that level of of, of sort of manic spread make it more inspiring you can keep going yeah it makes it great because it means that you really feel like you're given the story that you want to tell like the appropriate and right platform to tell it from so when a story comes to me and I think like that's what I want to talk about I, I have these options of where it fits best and sometimes it it's done and it's articulated in a two-minute poem and that's fine and you can just leave it there and then other times it's you know actually this would be a really great um tv thing or whatever and you can try and develop it like that so um it's it's amazing and i would encourage anyone who is writing to to never think of themselves as only being able to write in one genre and one and one form no definitely you can give it a go across the board what's the most terrifying thing about being a, a writer when you used to do you ever have that moment where you go you're writing something you've got a deadline especially now that you've got quite a lot of work coming in you've got to write you've got a commission waiting to do something what do you do when you just can't can't work out what you're writing next? Um, or can you? Does that not happen? I think I don't. I think it's more that happens to me. I'm I'm never really that stuck for writing, but it happens more once I've written. So after having written it, then the terror comes in of oh goodness, what have I actually just written? And the process of redrafting. I find um, you know it's very it's very tough, but the actual initial 
splurge of writing right. is really quite is really quite fine and exciting for me and I don't often feel that stuck and if I do then I would just sort of get in contact with someone that I'm working with and, and talk through it with them or um yeah do something like that but but yeah it's definitely the rewriting that's that's more of a terror do you have a cr- uh, anything do you have any little techniques do you do a bit of yoga do you go and have a particular snack <laughs> that, what do you do? do you have any nice little systems that work yeah well, I can't say them on air no not really <laughs> um I do do yoga actually quite a lot um I do really twisty yoga so you end up like standing on your head and stuff quite a bit so I think that's quite good because then all the like blood gets renewed <laughs> and so my head is is full of new blood which obviously makes um makes it good for new writing <laughs> New blood for new writing. <laughs> that is probably the greatest phrase I've ever heard. So before we finish, do you have any hobbies, Sabrina? Um, no, not really. I think I've lost all my hobbies because they've become my job, <laughs> which is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Sabrina, it's been an absolute joy spending the last 20 minutes with you. Thank you so much for coming Thank to meet us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from the Traverse Theatre Edinburgh. For more information, please log on to www.traverse.co.uk.